On this Sunday morning, welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. Have you ever stopped to consider why it is that God will answer some prayers and some prayers will not be answered? What are some of the hindrances to our prayers and why does it seem that some people can pray and their prayers almost all be answered and others it seems like the heavens are closed like brass up on top. Now there are many explanations but I want to just look at a couple of things to consider today as we look at what we had mentioned yesterday that Jesus had a listening ear to hear what the Spirit of God was saying to be able to ask, to be able to pray, to be able to be led and guided to do the Father's will. And of course, Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But we assume uh, a universal will. Hey, you know, God, let your kingdom come. And, and you know, finally, uh, let Jesus uh, uh, rule over this planet, yes. But there is an individual will, a plan that God has purpose, He has designed. Knowing everything about us, God wants us to be made and changed into the conformity of His Son. And in order to do that, then we must understand what is the will and what is the purpose of God for our lives. But one of the biggest hindrances to us when it comes to prayer is the what and the how. We don't know what to pray for and we don't know how to pray for it. Some of the simplest prayers are just prayers that the Holy Spirit just inspires us because we're paying attention. We're listening. We have an ear. It's not so much the length or the lengthiness of it, but just the simplicity of it as we pray. Being guided by God is just as simple as, as Jesus saying, roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Notice there was no long, lengthy uh, 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 spiritual type, uh, holy, religious prayer, but it was just simply doing the will of God. Now, this is where we're going to start off with, and hopefully we can get to where we're going today. It says in Romans in chapter 8, in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for. If we think we know, we're wrong. Only the Holy Spirit knows what prayers are needed at what times for what particular purpose. Now, there are general things that we can do. We can give a prayer of thanksgiving for all of God's people, for uh, the people that we know, the people that are out there doing ministry. There are general prayers where, Lord, uh, give us our daily bread. Yeah, he is fully aware of our needs. But as far as exactly what to pray for, and then, as we ought, but the Spirit itself make us intercession uh, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we don't know what we uh, should pray for, 
and how we how we ought to pray for those things. Uh, it's it's a combination of both. What we should pray for, as we ought or as we should pray for, but the Spirit Himself or itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Depending on God to guide us and lead us even in our prayers is within itself a prayer. Lord, help me. Help me to pray prayers that are according to your will. Help me to pray prayers that are not selfish. Help me to pray prayers that are motivated by only one thing and one thing alone, and that is your love. Because when, excuse me, when we go outside the motives for which God wants us to pray, we see that we get in trouble. And the scriptures that we're going to be reading today will help us understand that. Many times our prayers can be motivated by pure 100% selfishness. Other times they may be motivated just by our emotions. Uh how we supposedly are feeling at that moment. And other times our prayers may be totally and completely motivated by just by our soul. In, in other words, it has to do nothing with the Spirit of God, has nothing to do with the Word of God, but it has to do with being sensual. It has to do with being natural. In second, uh, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, it talks about the natural man. That word natural man is the same word that's going to be used in the book of James in chapter 3, where it talks about earthly, uh, sensual, and devilish. And, and those are different levels where we can be just 100% uh, earthy. In other words, uh, of this earth, uh, we can be sensual. We're not totally of this earth, but we're not totally of uh, the spiritual realm. We kind of are caught somewhere in between, and this this gets us into trouble. And then, of course, devilish. That means they are inspired of hell alone. When prayers are inspired of hell alone in our lives, the purpose of that is to pray curses or pronounce curses through our prayers, having Satan literally answer our prayers versus God answering our prayers. Well... That's another uh, 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 area in itself, but let's look at verse number 27. For he searches, talking about the Spirit of God, the hearts, and he knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's the thing that we need to know, the how and the what of the will of God for our lives. Verse number 28, for all things work together for good to them that love God, key motive, to them that are called. The reason we are praying is we have a book of our lives that God is looking at, that he wants to fulfill his purposes in our lives. And we have to take the prayers of his purposes for our lives and pray that the will of God that he has for our life in heaven be the will that is manifested for us here on this earth. The scripture goes on to say, 
uh, as we read it, for whom he did foreknow, he knew us. That's why I talk about the Lord has uh, written out our biography. But he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Then the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, James, excuse me, in James chapter 4, verse 1 onward, this is talking about prayer. From where do wars and fightings among you, uh, where, 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 do they, where do they come from? He says, uh, Come they not hence even of the, your lust, that war in your members? And you have to remember, the, the flesh lusts as much as the soul can lust. You have to remember that the soul includes our emotions, includes our will, and it includes our thinking. You lust and you have not, you kill. You desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you don't receive because you're asking wrong. That you may consume it upon your lust. And then goes on to say in verse 14, James uh, 3.14, But if you have bitter envies and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, which is soulish, and devilish. For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that flows from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, what we have just read here is a description of basically two ways of asking God. The wisdom that flows from this earth, or sensuality, or devilish, or the wisdom that flows from God above. The thing is, many times we don't recognize that in our prayers, they are motivated by control. We want to control people's lives. Well, in its simplest form, trying to control people through prayer is witchcraft. I'll say it again. Trying to control people through prayer is witchcraft. We are trying to manipulate either God or manipulate the people to do what we want. The second thing would be, not only is it a manipulation uh, that we do that, it can be accusatory. We accuse people before God in our prayers. Uh... I don't know if you know it, but Satan is the accuser of the brethren, not us. And we can sometimes think or believe that we are being spiritual, accusing somebody before God, concerning something, thinking, or getting a prayer group to pray, accusing a person or people of certain things, without realizing that, that those are prayers that are working against us. Not for us. If we are to pray, look at the Apostle Paul. Look at the introduction to all the epistles. 
he starts off by thanking God for every one of them. Not by accusing them, but by thanking them. By thanking God for each and every one of their lives. Now, as we start to pray uh, prayers that are actually to dominate or control or manipulate people, then we enter a realm where it's not God that's going to obey or listen. I, I don't, I don't want to use that word obey, but hearken unto our prayers. But it's going to be the devil, Satan. We are entering into territory where we're asking him. Now, we can pray and we can ask for God to save people, which it, there's nothing wrong with it. But when we start praying, Lord, uh, change this person so that he becomes more like I want them to be, so that there'll be this and this and this and this. And it has nothing to do with bringing God, honor and glory to God, but it has to be, uh, it has to do with bringing honor and glory to ourselves. Then we're looking at what James said. You receive not because you're asking wrong. And what you're asking involves envies and strives, bitternesses, jealousies. And he says, don't lie against the truth. In other words, the only reason some people are asking God for a better and bigger job is because they want to make more money than their neighbor who they feel jealous about because they're the ones that have the new this or the new that or have been blessed with this and blessed that. And it's not motivated out of love. It's not motivated out of uh, God's will, but it's motivated of fulfilling and satisfying a lust that one has. And one can get into so many different areas uh, of that without realizing it, that our prayers have nothing to do with the will of God, but they have to do with manipulation and accusing. Accusing God or accusing others before God. Lord, why do you bless them? I know for a fact that they're not living a holy life. I know that they're not walking before you. Why do you? We're accusing them. We have become their judge in our prayers. Now that's something to really consider and think about. Because the Apostle uh, Paul uh, talked about the way that we pray, the way that we, it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. But James also talked about the motives for prayer have got to be not only guided by the Holy Spirit, they cannot be of the flesh and they cannot be of the soul. A soulish person is one that you read in 1 Corinthians that is still a babe. He's still struggling. He's still uh, 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 fighting and divisions. And, and, and especially and especially when we have a, a, a church that is being divided or a people that are fighting within the midst of a church and their prayers are against one another. You know, Lord, cast them out. They're wrong, this and that. We're, we're both accusing and being controlling. Uh, the Apostle Paul, when he talked about in 1 Corinthians 3, 
He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, because hereunto you are not able, neither now are you able. For are you not yet carnal? For whereas there is still envies and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Notice he describes them, even though they had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in chapter 12 operating, he called them carnal. They were soulish. They were walking according to their emotions, their feelings, and irrational thinkings, not the mind of Christ, and they were getting into all kinds of trouble. Well, I've really dabbled into some business today, but consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.